0: If there is a little fear, it means that there is a fear there for a reason. It means that there is something in you that's telling you that you can't do it. So if you go against that and you can actually do it, the reward that you get at the end of it is absolutely amazing because you're like proving yourself that you can do it.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Immigrant's Life Podcast, where we share stories of people who left their country to chase a better life. And through these stories, you can find ideas, resources, and motivation to do the same. I'm Daniel DeBiasi, and my guest this week is Zara, who is originally from Armenia, but moved to Ukraine when she was only one. Right after she finished university, Zara decided to leave Ukraine and try something different. This meant going to study in Canada, where she then started a successful career in marketing. But despite her career going really well, she wasn't feel fulfilled. That's when she decided to pursue coaching and launched The Great Move, a platform to help women who live abroad overcome obstacles and achieve their goals. This episode started as usual with Zara's story on how she moved to Canada, but then we touched a topic that both of us seems to be very passionate about, helping others overcome challenges. As Zara and I share some useful tips, resources, and exercises to help you build a better mindset and get you ready for the great move. Before moving to my conversation with Zara, if you like what we do, please consider leaving a review on a podcast or podchaser. It really makes a big difference with the algorithm so this podcast can be discovered by others. and motivates us to keep doing our best to help you and others move into a new country. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Zara. Hi Zara, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. So Zara, do you want to start maybe saying to the listener, where are you generally from?
0: Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from Armenia, but I grew up in Ukraine and then about eight years ago I moved to Canada. So here I am now.
1: And for the listeners that like me, they're not very good with geography, can you explain where Armenia is? I have to check on the map, I can't lie. (laughs)
0: All good. All good. So Armenia is part of the Middle East, if you think about it that way. And then Ukraine is a part of Eastern Europe. So I grew up in Ukraine, meaning I absorbed a lot of Eastern European culture. But because my parents are Armenians, we preserved a lot of Armenian culture as well. So it's a combination of both. And now that I moved to North America, I've got a third culture in. So it's a really mix of three. They're working together quite well.
1: Because the other day when we spoke, you told me that you moved from Armenia to Ukraine when you were like pretty young. I think it was like one or two.
0: Yeah, I was one year old. I can't even say if I moved or my parents moved me at that point. Probably, <laughs> Probably the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a good thing that my parents have done for me to move me to another country. And I've lived in an immigrant family, so I know the challenges that they've gone through and all the good and all the bad that comes with them moving to another country. So when I had to make my decision to move, I already was sort of prepared for it from a mindset perspective, like I knew what to expect.
1: Okay. I want to go back to that later, but I kind of like intrigued by, because you told me that even though you moved to Ukraine when you were like a pretty young, you probably don't even remember Armenia, but you feel like Armenia is still your own mother country. Why is that?
0: It's certainly my motherland because my parents have done a great job at preserving the traditions and making sure that I grow up, go into Armenia as many times as I can. So I would spend my summers in there and I would spend a lot of time with Armenian friends that I would get from Armenia or in Ukraine. I think it goes back to how I feel in a certain environment. When I'm in Armenian environment, I feel more alive i feel like that's me i feel like it it speaks to my core versus in ukraine it feels like something that i acquired over the years that i lived there so it, the feeling is not as strong as i am in
1: armenian culture that's interesting and why your parents moved from armenia to, to ukraine if i can ask
0: they were looking for a better life i guess at that point armenia was going through a lot of difficulties Politically, economically, so it was a difficult time for the country, and because my parents already had two children, me and my brother, it was just the right decision from a you know perspective of where do we move so then our parents and um, our kids have a better opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it was it was more of a practical choice rather than emotionally driven choice.
1: Because even Ukraine, that. At that time, it was just like going through after the Soviet Union. Even Ukraine was in like a, I don't know, in that much better situation.
0: In comparison to Armenia, they were still better. Okay. So I guess they, my parents had to choose between two evils. And Ukraine just happened to be also the country who was open for immigrants at that point. And they were accepting people from all over the Soviet Union, post-Soviet Union at that time. So... It was a good choice, I think, for my parents just to make that move. And um, there was also no language barrier, right, for them, because it was all Russian. It was easier transitioning.
1: Okay, makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And back to your story of how you left Ukraine to move to Canada. What age did you decide to leave Ukraine?
0: I moved from Ukraine when I was 21, so quite young, right after I graduated from university. And I I had thoughts about moving to somewhere else when I was, I would say, 16, 17. And then it just took me some time to figure out what country do I want to move to, what do I want to do there, and how does the process work because I wanted to go to study. So I had to do a bit of a research in the universities on the quality of life, on possibilities of maybe moving to another country after. So it's been a lot of research for me. And... Um, yeah, at the age of 21, I was ready to go.
1: And was that part of because it didn't really felt like Ukraine was your home, so you could go anywhere and trying to find another place that you can call home? Was that part of the reason or just like try something different?
0: I would say it was part of the reason, but there was a bigger reason for me to move. When I was 19, actually, I went to London, UK, to study English. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time in my life where I was exposed to so many different cultures at once. Right. We had a English school. So people from all over the world would come to learn English in London. And I loved that environment. Like I found myself thriving in that environment. I loved talking to people, learning about new cultures, learning what they eat, how they speak their traditions. And I almost became like addicted to this cultural mix that I absolutely adored. So when I came back to Ukraine, I was also lucky in Ukraine, I was studying for bachelor's in linguistics. So I was learning languages from a more scientific perspective. And uh, when you learn languages, it's really important to understand the culture behind the language, Mm -hmm. so you understand why certain things sound that way or why certain phrases go in a certain way. So in Ukraine, I was trying to find that multicultural hub for myself, which was my university. And it was a big part of my life, but I wanted to make it my life. Like I wanted to live in a world where everyone is different, when we've got all different cultures and then I can learn and develop every day. And there's something new every day. Hence, I started looking at US, Canada, Australia, a bit of a more multicultural countries. And just Canada happened to be a good choice from the universities. I liked the universities. I liked the, the quality of life that it's in here. And I liked people. They're they're very nice people here in Canada. It's not a myth. They're actually Canadians are very nice people. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) But the question that comes up like automatically is why did you pick London? Why did you pick England? If you love it so much, why did not you go there?
0: London was a good adventure and I wanted to keep it a good adventure. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like that one romantic getaway that I had and I wanted to keep that memory of it and then go explore something further.
1: Uh, it's it's funny because it's the second person that I interviewed Yajranca before you and she said the same, she had like the tipping point when she decided to leave her country, to leave Bosnia. To, it was like when she went to London, she saw like the life that she loves so much London, England, that she decided like, okay, okay, I need to get out from this country. and. And she also <laughs> fell in love with London, or England, and then decided to move to Toronto, to Canada. <laughs> so it sounds like the same pattern here. You went to London, you figure out that's, I love this, okay, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> that's that's quite interesting.
0: It's funny. London is like a trampoline to Toronto almost.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's
0: funny. you like, you bounce on it a little bit and then go to another country.
1: <laughs> yeah, go a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. You go to Toronto. <laughs> okay. and um. Was it easy for you? So I guess was it like not too hard for you to leave your family, leave your country to move across the ocean?
0: It was definitely hard for me to leave my family. I'm very connected to them. So my immediate family, it was a tough choice to leave, but I knew that I was leaving for better opportunities, for better life. And in future, I would like them to come and join me at some point, which is definitely going to happen. So the challenges were more about... Myself and my attitude when I moved to a new country and making sure that that attitude is right and it's a positive attitude. And that's what really kept me going in a different country during the hard times. I'm a big believer that if you have a positive attitude and you have a problem, when you mash those two together, it leads you to creativity, to solutions, to opportunities versus having negative attitude. When you think about the little things and you think about little details that are going wrong and focusing on those, and when the big problem comes in, even if it's a small problem, it just becomes this huge burden on you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where all the stress comes in, all the worries comes in. All you need to do is simply change the way you look at things and it shifts the perspective immediately.
1: And speaking of challenges, what kind of challenges that, or what's the main challenges do you have to face when you move to Canada?
0: It's interesting that my language, I didn't have a language barrier, but I still had a barrier of, you know, I'll sound different. Like I sounded way different back then. So my accent and at some point I had this thought that people just won't understand me no matter what I do. So the challenges were in school in a lot of cases when we had to present. I went to school for marketing and you present a lot in marketing. So when I had to put together a presentation, be in front of the whole class and put myself out there, that's where the doubts would creep in. And that's where the challenges would come in, because my confidence in just the way I sound, the way I say things, it was very small. It was very low. So definitely something I had to work in. And then the second challenge would be uncertainty, right? Sometimes you simply don't know where you're going to live next month when you're in a different country. I had some uncertainties. I moved from one apartment to another quite a lot. And sometimes not knowing where I'm going to be tomorrow in what area, that uncertainty was definitely something that I had to, again, learn to live with and know that even though tomorrow is not as certain as it could be back home, there is enough skills and enough strength in me to figure it out eventually.
1: It was anything that was helping you to keep going or was just the motivation to do, oh, I want to do this and that was enough for you?
0: It was me connecting to my reason why I moved, right? So it was more about, I moved for a certain reason. I moved because I had very strong calling to move to a country that has multiple cultures and develop and learn and grow there. So I had to sort of remind myself of that why and that what kept me going, it was my northern star. And in the difficult times when things are not working out, you I was tapping into those emotions that I had when I first moved to a new country, you know, that that excitement, that like fascination with everything around you. You're sort of you're like a tourist the first couple of months, right? <laughs> yeah. And then it hits you. And then the, the problems and the challenges hit you. And that's when it's important to remind yourself that you were at that spot once when you wanted this so badly, when you put yourself outside of your comfort zone, when you came to this country and you had this excitement in yourself. So it's about going back to those times and reliving those emotions that are going to keep you going in the hard times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things, one of the tricks I used to use or just to remind myself what I was doing was just reminding myself where I was. Sometimes you've, you fall into the, the normal routine and you don't really see the difference between your past life to your normal life. Your new life is to, becomes just a life. You don't really see the difference. And sometimes I have to remind myself, even in Canada, but mostly when I was in New Zealand because it was the beginning of the my, my journey, I like to remind myself, oh. I'm in New Zealand, I'm on this island, in the middle of nowhere, on the other side of the world. And I'm actually here. And just to remind myself, like, this is pretty special. And that for me was just enough to be happy and to be like a satisfied for what I did because I was there. I wasn't in Italy anymore. I was on the other side of the world and this beautiful island. It was, that for me was a good reminder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Being present in the moment is a, is a very important thing. Just to remind yourself that I'm here and I'm here for a reason. It does wonders for you.
1: Yeah. And I guess, do you have any regrets about leaving your country?
0: No, I wouldn't say I, I have any regrets. I generally don't want to think about regrets and I, I don't want to think of something that if it didn't work out, I don't want to think of it as a regret. I want to think of it as a learning opportunity for myself. So if there was something that I could learn from this move, it's that really the the challenges come your way and it's really up to you the way that you handle those challenges and depending on the way you handle those challenges, it can be or perfect and work out perfectly, or it can be even harder than it
1: was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And going back to your move to Canada, how technically, how did you do it? How did you manage to move to Canada?
0: Yeah. So I came here as a student and I started at the college. I had a two year college post-graduation certificate program that I've gone through. And after that, in Canada, when you study for two years and then you have at least a year of work experience in the industry that you've studied for, Mm -hmm. then you can apply for uh, express entry or the immigration process that goes through another year. So it really took me two years to get my education and then it's a one year of work experience. And then another year of going through all the paperwork. So within four, four and a half years, I was able to immigrate through education and work.
1: So was it like the process wasn't really too complicated? Was it like a pretty straightforward?
0: It is. I would say it's pretty straightforward. All the information is on the websites, and um, it's really just about filling out the forms. <laughs> really, it's it's mm-hmm. really about doing the paperwork. The,
1: the process itself is pretty straightforward because that's what I usually hear that like going through moving abroad moving to a new country especially Canada as a student even though it's much more expensive but it's definitely it's easier because as you said you get a qualification you get a diploma or a qualification in Canada you gain Canadian experience and that's usually when you get like a work permit and you graduate they will automatically give you a work permit is that right
0: yes you get a work permit for at least 2 years i think
1: I don't know if you're comfortable talking about, but how expensive it was to study in Canada?
0: I would say in comparison to US, for example, it's a much more affordable option. So you can probably get away with for two years, I would say around 20,000. You can probably get away with that if you're studying in the college, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to the university and getting your master's or getting your bachelor's, that's obviously a different story. And it's much more expensive thing to do. But colleges are affordable and they do give you good knowledge and they give you good skills to start working right away. So it's not just the theoretical part of it. It's a lot of it is practical skills that you take and you can apply to your work right away. So it preps you real good for the work.
1: And were you allowed to work where you were studying?
0: Yes, you can do part-time jobs. And I did actually when I studied. I highly recommend it to anyone because it starts building your resume, Mm -hmm. right? So obviously I came to Canada with a pretty blank resume and even having one line in there, even if it's a part-time job, as long as it has Canadian experience to it, it will be more welcomed when you're going into and finding a full-time
1: job. Yeah, that's perfect. And now you recently started being a coach and trying to help other immigrants. Do you want to maybe tell the listeners what do you do?
0: So I've... Became uh, first, I started as a life coach, and then I realized that I have all this great knowledge and the coaching and all these great tools that I could have used when I moved to Canada and when I was an immigrant. And I realized that all those things could have helped me back then to make better decisions, to be in a better headspace and to achieve much more than I did. Because of that, I wanted to share that knowledge with immigrants and expats and people who travel around the world, people who have those changes and they go through changes. It's an uncertain times. It's definitely challenging times when you move to another country. So I made it my life's mission to become that partner for people who move to another country, become that support when they need it. When I moved, I actually have gone through an interesting process of I sort of discovering myself as I was working through in marketing industry. I started at what I thought back then was my dream job in advertising. And then five years later, I found myself being absolutely unhappy and unfulfilled with the life that I have. Even though I had a successful career in marketing, right, I would get promotions every year or so. So it was moving along real well. What was not happening for me is that fulfillment from the work that I do. And the reason why I got into marketing is because I came to another country and that just seemed like the, a good option from everything that was offered in the colleges. So I got into it without truly understanding what I really want, what I'm truly destined to do, what my purpose was, what I really, really want to do. And because of that, even though I was progressing in career, even though I had those promotions coming in, I never felt like my life was well-rounded and it was absolutely happy to the point that I got into a very bad hat space where I needed to get out of the corporate world and take a journey of soul searching. And that's... What led me to coaching when I started discovering myself again, started to learn what brings me joy, what sparks that interest and opportunities in my life for me. And I came into coaching and I always thought that, you know, there might be somewhere out there an immigrant like me who just got into routine and sort of lost her true self in, in it because... When we move to another country, we're in a survival mode. We got to go, go, go. We got to do, do, Mm do. And we don't pause sometimes to think about what is the right thing for us to do. So I help immigrants now to take that pause, to really raise that self-awareness about who you are as a person, what your purpose is. And I empower them with the tools of a confidence, of a self-love, of understanding your worth, So that when they do know what they want to do, they already have that confidence to go after it and then go and achieve and set the goals and achieve anything that they want to. It's a full-on process from discovering who you are to getting the confidence to get to where you want and also getting absolutely clear on what is that that you want.
1: What do you think is the most common question or most the challenging thing that usually people come to you for?
0: A lot of challenging things are around... Uncertainty, I would say, I find that people focus on the things that they don't want in their life. They focus on, you know, the apartment they don't want to live in. They focus on the job they don't want to live in. They focus on the all things that are holding them back from living the life that they want. The question that they're not asking themselves is like, okay, then what do I want then? So the opposite, the flip side of the coin. Mm-hmm. And because there's so much stuck in the what they don't want, your life and your energy flows into that aspect of what you don't want. So it amplifies even further and further. When we work together, we shift that thinking from what you don't want, focus on what you want, focus on the goals, focus on what excites you, and it gives them the new meaning to their life. It opens up the opportunities, it opens up the new ways of thinking about the life and that's when the creativity starts flowing in and that's when they unleash that potential that they had inside of them all this time. But it was sort of blocked because of all the negative self-talk and all the, I don't want this, I don't want this. Okay, well, what do you want really?
1: I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that maybe because people, are they are leaving their country because that's not the life they want to live? So they start from the point where I know what I don't want in a new country, yeah, you'll feel like you've got a problem with self-confidence because you maybe you don't speak the language, the culture is different, so you don't feel good enough. You don't feel like it's fitting in. In my case, I felt like it was stupid. because I couldn't speak the language, so I felt stupid. So you start already from a point where you know what you don't want. You know that you're not good enough, or at least you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like stupid. So how do you overcome all of that?
0: So feeling not good enough and feeling sometimes stupid and awkward in some situations, right? Because I had the same thoughts and feelings when I moved. The best thing to do is to reframe the situation that you're in. So if you're feeling a bit stupid or awkward because you're not speaking the language the way that everyone else does, well... Maybe you can see it not as a bad thing, as a a something that you don't have, but maybe you can think of it as something that's unique about you and that makes you stand out of the crowd, right? That makes you different from everyone else in a good way. Yeah. And then you're changing your perspective. So you're not looking at it from the negative. You're looking at it from, okay, well, what is good about this? What is the positive thing that I can learn about this? I have an exercise that I do every day. By the end of the day, I sit down and I write down, what is the one good thing about myself today that I've learned? And then what is the one good thing that happened to me today? And what it does, it's sort of, it forces your brain to think positively about your life, about yourself. And the more we do that, the more confidence we build in ourselves. And then once you have that confidence, You not being good enough starts fading away slowly because you know that now you're not just a good part of something, you are a unique part of something. And that's where your power is.
1: Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of the five minute journal?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Because I started using it like a, a while ago and not long ago, I think through, through over the pandemic, over the lockdown, I was talking to my mom and I felt like she was like a really negative. Everything was like, oh my God, this we have lockdown and this and that. I am like, mom, you still, you focus it too much on the negativity. And I recommended like a, to do this exercise because there's there's not the equivalent in Italian. So I told like to do this exercise, like of right in the morning, three things that you're grateful for. At the end of the day something nice that happened that day and why you're happy, something that you did good on that day. And yeah, after a while I can definitely saw the shift into like the mentality and she was not as negative as before. It's just because as you say, like you train your brain to focus on the positive things instead of the negative ones. So yeah, for that, for the listener, I recommend five minute journal or just the exercise, just as you said. You write down in the morning a few things that you are grateful for and end of the day one nice thing that happened that day that was actually pretty nice.
0: Yeah. And I take it also a step further in the days when I, if I have a person who I'm frustrated with, or if I have the situation that I'm really frustrated about, mostly it is about the person. I also write down five good things about that person that I can think of. So anything that changes again, the way that I think about that person. And the next morning you wake up and that person who seemed like a very, very annoying person the other day suddenly becomes someone who you could talk to mm-hmm. and who you could have a more meaningful conversation now a more productive conversation now. So apply it to your life situations, apply it to people who you talk to, apply it to even small things, like even if it's about food, that there's something that you don't like about food, write down what do you don't like about it. Sure, if you need that sort of area where you're just pouring your thoughts, write that down. But also flip it on its head and, well, OK, what was a good thing about this? Right. So it can be can be about anything really in the world.
1: That sounds as a way more difficult exercise, like writing five good things about, about one person and really frustrating you. I mean, that sounds like a really, really hard process to go through.
0: <laughs> you find those things, though. It might take you a while, but you will find a good.
1: <laughs> I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll let you know. There's some people, I don't know if I can find... How many do you need? Five or one is enough?
0: <laughs> I would say at least three. If- okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. I will give that a try. I don't know how well it can go. (laughs) One question I'd like to ask you, I don't know if you were in your coaching career, do you find like a a pattern or what's the main thing that usually stops people from pulling the plug and leaving their country?
0: Fear is the first thing that comes to my mind and fear about, fear of failure is the biggest one that shows up in a lot of cases. Fear of not being accepted of being, again, different in a bad way. When we talk about fear of being judged by other people. So it all really comes down to what if I move to another country and I don't succeed? And then on top of that, people are also going to judge me for my accent, for the way I look, for the way I speak. So there are all those limiting beliefs that we have in our head that are holding us back because truly, we don't know if we move to another country. We don't know if people are going to judge us or not. Mm-hmm. Like that might not even happen. But because we created the story in our head and we think that that's going to happen, it makes that fear even bigger and bigger. So when you do, if you do push yourself to move in another country, eventually you carry that fear with you. And now you're here. And because you're still closed up, you can't find friends. You can't find a partner in life. You're not doing as good at school if you were a bit more open about it. So I think it's definitely fear of not being accepted, fear of failure and fear of being judged by someone. And all of those things come down to really one strong belief of I am enough and I've always been enough. I've been enough in my country. I've been enough in, in different environments, which means I will be enough when I move to another country, even if I am different. And I will always be enough continuing from there. And that's actually a good mantra to almost put on your a wall. Or I know that people sometimes write down on their mirror, because that's where you look at yourself every day. So you, you'll, you'll see it, whether you want it or not. And that small reminder that I am enough, I've always been enough, and I will always be enough, no matter what happens around me, it gives you that sense of it grounds you. It gives you understanding that your core values and who you are as a person, it won't change. It gives you more confidence in yourself again.
1: I'd like to correct you a little bit because I don't think we are enough. I think we are more than enough because we're taking the risk that the majority is not taking. Just for you deciding to leave your life behind, your family and friends, and go and choose something better for yourself and, or even maybe for your family. So taking that risk... You're already way better than the majority of people. So for me, like thinking that you're not good enough, you are absolutely more than good enough. You're better than most people. Just just because you decided to take that risk for yourself or for your family, thing. And this is just a. I know there's some beliefs like I, I said. Like I felt like a stupid by them. I felt like I I wasn't enough because I felt like I'm doing this. The, the majority is too afraid to do it, and I'm I'm doing it. You need a reminder, like we talked earlier. You need a reminder, but. but I don't know. I want to say like we are more than good enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Take it to the next level. You're more than enough.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We are special. <laughs> I don't remember. I think I heard somewhere that there's only 4% of the population. I think we're like immigrants there, like of just the 4% of the population. I don't know if the number are correctly, but if it's, I like to believe this is correct. So we are part of the 4%. It's pretty good.
0: That's amazing. We're part of a 4% percent of a strong people who've, who were brave enough to make a change in their life, a huge change. I like to think of immigrants and about myself as a tree, right? So if we think about the tree, it really becomes stronger with the wind. The wind actually helps the tree to grow and to get the root system deeper and to get stronger and bigger so as immigrants, we are those trees that have a ton of wind around them. We just have a lot of wind going on around us and it only makes us stronger. It only makes us grow faster and be bigger and taller. Whether, you know, if you stay in your country, you'll still get some winds, you'll still get strong enough, but it won't be the same type of hurricane that we go through and that hurricane makes us 100% stronger and builds the skills that you never even thought about building when you were back home, right? It, it opens the horizon.
1: But even part of yourself that you didn't know you have, and just personality-wise, I, I think I changed a lot since I got here in Canada and even since I left Italy. You change so much just because you go through like a different experiences and, and just uh, opens up a new opportunity that you didn't even know ever existed. Like for me, like I even do this podcast I would even imagine if it was like in another country, in another situation, I would even decide to, to launch this podcast and do what I'm doing. So there's like a, so many quotes, like you say, you use the, the example of the tree, but there's another quote, like the most famous one, what doesn't kill you, make you stronger, right? And there's another one that I really like is, uh, a smooth sea never made a good sailor. There are so many, but if you think about it, in every situation, if you don't overcome the challenges, you don't have any challenge in your life, you're, you're not growing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The question that I encourage people to ask themselves when they're sort of on the doubt if they should move, when they have all those fears creeping up, I ask them, well, what do you lose if you don't move? What are you giving up in your life if you don't make this change now? And the list, it, it goes into a very long list of things of, of course, I'm going to lose my freedom. I'm going to lose my independence. I'm going to lose all those great things that I could achieve outside of my country, it gives them that courage to take that step. It also shows them all the beautiful things that are happening on the other side of the world and all that they can achieve that they're not achieving today, being at home, being in a comfortable situation and holding on to those
1: fears. And do you think it's more powerful focusing on the negative part of your current life or focusing on the positive things of the new life that you're chasing up?
0: I think we're in a state of... I'm scared and I'm stuck. I think we get into our shell and in order to crack open that shell, we need to think of a, what we're we gonna lose because that creates that leverage that you can then use to build that positive momentum and then you start focusing on the good. But in order for us to break out of our shell and understand that if this move doesn't happen today, my life five years from now is gonna be exactly the same as it is today. And if I want to change my life today, it means that there's something not working in it, right? So mm-hmm. it's a thought-provoking question that you can ask yourself. If you are in that negative self-talk when you can't find anything positive around it, then you say, okay, well, what am I going to lose?
1: I was asking that question just because I was curious because for me it works to focus you on the negative side and that's what like it fuels me, like it fueled me when I left Italy. It was just for me the, the fear of, what I have to lose or what I, let's put it in that way, I left Italy, not because it was courage, but because I was afraid. And that was my reason why I left. Not because, yes, I was changing bigger dreams and all of that, but what really fueled me to make the decision was just, was the fear pretty much to stay in Italy, then more than changing a better life. That was the, the main fuel for me. That's why I was asking that question. I was curious about. Interesting,
0: Yeah. It definitely whatever fuels you, I would say, you know. In the majority of the cases, I would say the people come from the fear place, right? That, like you said, they're running away from what they don't want, mm-hmm. and that's the first step that you take. And then once you're here, you hear, you got to make that shift three three sixty or one eighty, I guess, to get into um, a place that now you're thinking about what I want.
1: Because in some situation can be something that happened in your life that make you, I don't know, realize that, okay, I need to make a change. Sometimes it's like, know, probably the most like clear example, which is completely off topic, but even like quit smoking, you're not quit smoking because, oh, I want to have a better health or I feel better. I want to have like a go running for longer. Usually it's like, oh, I got lung cancer or the, the doctor says that if you don't stop, you're going to be, I don't know, you get something really bad. And that's usually what motivates people from quit smoking. It's not really, oh, I want to get fit. It's not enough motivation for you to stop and make the change, right? So even the country can be the same thing. Even for me, I think I got to the point where, okay, I need to change something. And that's yeah. for me was fear of if I don't make a changes, this is going to be my life for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you don't change your life, then who would? right?
1: Absolutely. Do you have any more advice? I mean, we're already gave us so many advice for people that wants to move abroad. They are not sure if they're doing or not, but do you have any more advice for people that maybe wants to move to Canada?
0: I would say for me, things like positive attitude, positive mindset, like we talked about, and then also the ability to just be open-minded and the things of, you know, if it's something that you've never tried in your life, if it's something that scares you a bit when you're in Canada or in a different country, any country, then just go for it. Like if there is a little fear, it means that there is a fear there for a reason. It means that there is something in you that's telling you that you can't do it. So if you go against that and you can actually do it, the reward that you get at the end of it is absolutely amazing because you're like proving yourself that you can do it right? It can be a small thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. In my case, for example, I never learned how to ride a bike when I was in Ukraine, when I was a kid. So I came to Canada and I had to learn how to ride a bike. Well, I wanted to, but it was very scary for me. And every time I would think about learning it, it would just, it would make me panic. Like I was sweating. It it was that scary for me. And I did it anyways. I got a bike, like one day you just Take a deep breath, and I count usually from five to zero. I take a deep breath, five, four, three, two, one, go. And you just do it. It gets your brain in a position where it doesn't have a choice at that point. Right? I got on the bike, I started riding the bike, and then again, you're looking for the destination where you get into, where you want to get to, as opposed to, like in my case, it was a wall, right? Like I was. When I was training, I was sort of in like between walls. I was right in between the walls. If I'm looking at that wall, obviously it amplifies my fear because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to go crash against that wall now. But if I'm looking at the end of the tunnel, at the, the end of that street, it gives me motivation to go there. And I'm just like paddling, paddling, paddling. So I'd say the biggest piece of advice, in addition to everything we talked about, is if you feel that there is something there... That you have a calling to do, but there is this like fear or some feeling in your body that pulls you away from it, do it and you're never gonna regret it. Five, four, three, two, one, go.
1: I love that. I love it. Even the example of the bike that is so, so true. That if pointing to the wall, you're gonna eat the wall. If you're pointing like towards like at, at the end, you're gonna go to that, that direction. Exactly where you're pointing, where you're focusing your, uh, your sires, or so you're focusing your, uh, your perspective, that's exactly where you're going to go on a bike. It's so true.
0: It's so true. Yeah. In coaching, we say where focus goes, energy flows. So if you focus in on the wall, your energy and all your effort is going to go towards that wall. And it goes the same in in any area of our life. Right?
1: No, absolutely. I love that. And I want to close with uh, one other quote that for me usually helps me when I'm in the situation, as you said, you try, you want to make a change, you have that fear. And the quote I usually go back to is, uh, everything you want is outside of your comfort zone. So if you feel like something scares you, so you have to go outside of your comfort zone, helps me to believe that everything I want is exactly in that spot. So I can't achieve what I want staying in the same situation. So you have to when you feel that that kind of fear it's a good sign. It's a sign that you have to go for it to achieve what you want in life. That's that's something that I always like I go back to and reminds me when I afraid when I'm scared or I'm like, okay, that means that I have to go in that way because everything I want is exactly outside of my comfort zone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You use that fear, right? You use that fear to power you, to give you that fuel to go ahead and do it. I think of it as also as a, like a dance with the fear. If we really, we can dance with the fear if we want to, we can make it work for us if we want to, but we can also let it lead us. Or we can, just like in a dance, you can lead or you can be led by someone. So if you take your fear and you start leading it towards something, then it leads you to something that you never thought you could you could achieve. And it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. Nothing good happens in your comfort zone. So in order for magic to happen, you got to push yourself.
1: Absolutely. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Awesome. Where people can find you if who wants to get in touch with you, ask you more questions or get in touch with you in general, where people can find you?
0: They can find me on Instagram. So the great move is the community that I'm building. So the Move, And we have a great community that we're building, very supportive community. And I post a lot of secrets, tips and tricks on how I've gone through my journey and how to stay in that positive mindset. So if you want to connect, I would be more than happy to do so.
1: Sweet, and everything as usual will be in the show notes for the people that can find you more easily. So, thank you so much, Zara, for taking the time, share your story, and share your knowledge with the listeners. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me. This was an amazing conversation.
1: Thank you, thank you for doing that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes by visiting emigrantslife.com/episode49. In the show notes, you also find the instruction on how to receive the template I use for the five minutes journal, in case you want to try yourself. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, you can share this episode with your friends, and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Immigrants Life and Facebook at Immigrants Life Podcast. One more thing: if you want to move to a new country, you need help feel free to reach out to me either via email at daniel at or through our website emigrantslife.com. I look forward to meeting you. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Ciao!